Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Thursday, May 11th, 2023. I'm Mike Cachabli. All right, here we are. Thursday night. Thursday night. What's on your mind? What's on your mind? There's always a lot on my mind. And you know, every day gets worse. It's just the, the anger builds in me, the anger. But I think it's uh, anger that's there for a reason. You know, we talk about living in a society where people don't look out for one another, right? They don't look out for one another. What do we say about that? People only care about themselves, right? They look the other way when bad things happen. You know, people always say that. People walk over homeless people lying in the street, don't even check to see if they're alive, that if someone's getting a beat down, no one steps in to help. And we live in this very selfish society. You hear people complaining about this all the time. We hear about people complaining about this all the time. So just to recap, there was a incident in the New York City subway. Sorry if you're actually of this world and know this is going on, but you know, some people may not be. Some people may have just, what is that, as uh, Kamala Harris put it, fallen off a coconut tree, fallen off a coconut tree. So for the people who just fell off a coconut tree, we want to talk about what happened and recap. So it was a guy named uh, Daniel Perry. He's a 24-year-old ex-military guy. And he uh, was on the subway in New York City, and a, a man walked in, a young black man walked in, and he was talking about <clears throat> how he uh, wanted food and water, and he was hungry, and he didn't care if he went back to jail. He didn't care if he went back to jail. Um, so... And people on the subway say he was threatening, you know, he was getting belligerent and they felt threatened by this man. And so this is what, a couple of weeks ago now. So this uh, Daniel Perry, Pen Penny, um, who's this military guy, 24 years old, ex-military guy, confronted Jordan Neely, who was the man who was threatening everyone on the subway and put him into a chokehold to calm him down because he was belligerent and threatening people. And things went a little too far or, you know, Jordan nearly was on something. We still don't know. There's no toxicology report yet from what I've seen to see if he was on some kind of drugs. But he uh, died. He lost in consciousness and the EMTs couldn't uh, bring him back. Okay, so there was talk at first about possible charges, right? But the rumors at the beginning were that there weren't going to be any charges. He wasn't charged. The police didn't charge Mr. Penny with anything after, I guess, doing what the police do, right? Which is finding out what happened and interviewing witnesses and deciding where they're going to make arrests. That's what police do, right? They talk to the people. They, they, they probably talk to Mr. Penny. They talk to the witnesses. They talk to the men who helped him hold Neely down. And they came to the conclusion that they weren't going to arrest him. 
Now, usually in those cases, it's very rare. I'm not a legal expert. I'm not a legal expert. But usually in those cases, there are no files, uh, charges filed. Usually the DA doesn't go back and say the police should have arrested him. We're going to arrest the person. Um, and there are no charges filed. But what happened was, of course, is the uh, rabble rousers, the mob, started to scream and yell. The BLM mob, the same people, I'm, I'm sure the exact same people, not even like close to the same people, but the exact same people who burned our cities down in the summer of 2020 started screaming and yelling that this was murder and they wanted uh, Penny to be charged. And of course, uh, political whores, brainless political whores like AOC went on Twitter and started tweeting lies, calling him a murderer. And of course, all this pressure, political pressure and mob pressure was put on the Manhattan DA. Now we know who the Manhattan DA is. It's uh, Alvin Bragg. Alvin Bragg is a is a Sor George Soros bought district attorney. George Soros bought these good people. They he he bought them, okay, and he gave millions of dollars to their campaigns so they would get elected. He flooded the market with ads of his money to get these liberal DAs backed. So this guy owes George Soros. So there's no doubt he probably got a call from George Soros also or associates of uh, Mr. Soros. So he, of course, bent the knee to political pressure. Now, it's bad enough to bend the knee to the mob. It's awful to bend the knee to the mob. But to bend your knee, could you imagine what a low-life scumbag you have to be to, to get on your knees for someone like George Soros, this old, wretched bag of a man. Do you imagine getting on your knees for someone like that? What a low life you have to be, like what a waste of human life you would have to be to do such a thing. I can't even imagine. It makes me, just, it makes me so ill. It makes me want to vomit. So he bends the knee. He gets on his knees and looks up to Mr. Soros, doing exactly what Mr. Soros tells him because he funded his campaign, right? Wants to get reelected and wants Soros money, he's got to do this stuff as low as it may be, as disgusting as it may be. So we knew, we knew once the mob went out there, once the political uh, shucksers and jivers like Al Sharpton went out there and started protesting and the AOCs started tweeting, um, we knew that political pressure would be put on. Alvin Bragg, and he would bend to political pressure because he's a spineless scumbag. He's a spineless scumbag. So it was kind of predictable, right? And even the people who are uh, criticizing the arrest, like I did today, say, like I'm doing, said the same thing, that it was very predictable that, that you know, Alvin Bragg was going to be. Now, remember, Alvin Bragg's the guy who also indicted Donald Trump, right? So he indicts people who it's politically expedient for him to indict, right? People that will, he can virtue signal to the woke left. He can virtue signal to George Soros. I mean, these are major brownie points. Forget Mr. Penny, but also Mr. Trump. Major brownie points when it comes to getting on your knees and looking up at that old wretched bag of a man, George Soros. So this is why he does this, right? He's virtue signaling, right? He say, he's saying to the virtue signaling woke crowd, I'm on your side. I'm your guy. I'm going to prosecute the hero, and I'm going to let the criminals go. And that's what they do. Now, remember, Alvin Bragg's record is horrible. I believe 
55, 60%, over half of the people he indicts get off, which makes you believe that the overwhelming majority of those people probably should never have been indicted in the first place. They say you can indict a ham sandwich. I'm not quite sure why. Is the, is the grand jury made up of total fucking assholes? Is every grand jury made up of assholes? Well, I know the math. You only need more than half, right? So like you need what? 13 of 22 or something like that, or 12 of 23, something like that. So the, the bar is very low and there's no defense. There's just Alvin Bragg stating his case for George Soros and the mob. So I get that. So maybe I shouldn't blame the grand jury so much, but it, it shouldn't be that easy, but it is. Now, I have every faith, even in New York, believe it or not, that no jury, no actual jury will convict the person. You're not going to get 12 people in New York City. Uh, any, and of course, any great defense team, which I believe he's had, will make sure you get people who ride the subway. And they're not going to convict him. But still, he's putting through the ringer. His name will be mud. He'll have to move. All those things that most people have to do at some point, if you're living in a city like New York or San Francisco, you got to move, right? But he's going to be forced to move, just like that bodega owner who Alvin Bragg originally right? Originally wanted him to go to jail for defending himself against that miscreant savage who tried to uh, kill him in his own store. But that was finally dropped. But uh, but that's see, that's Alvin Bragg's first initial. His first his first reaction is to defend the criminal and to prosecute the hero. Now, this is getting back to what I was saying at the beginning of the show. We say we need more people like Mr. Penny who are going to stand up for others, right? Who are going to say, I'm not going to let you harm other people who care about your fellow man, right? Who care about your fellow man. We're always saying this. We need more people to help. We need fewer just passive bystanders. Now, here's the question. Here's the question. When something like this happens, who's ever going to stand up for right or wrong? Who's ever going to stand up and help others? Who's ever going to get involved when they see that if you get involved, you're the one who's going to be charged? When you get involved and you try to help, you're the one who's going to go to jail. So who in their right mind would ever help again? Who in their right mind? Everyone is going to have this case and all other cases like this in the back of their mind and say, no, I'm not going to take the chance that a little fucking lowlife scumbag, spineless George Soros, dick sucking district attorney is going to prosecute me. That would be in the back of my mind. In the back of my mind would be just that. Why should I take a chance when a old, wretched, old bag of fuck? chickens, dick-sucking George Soros back DA is going to charge me. That's exactly what I'd be thinking, those exact words. And so I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to do anything. Would you? Why would any of us do anything? It doesn't make any sense. So next time when you see someone who's maybe a big guy, this guy, Mr. Penny, is not even a big guy. It's not his fault that this, this little fucking savage was 80 fucking pounds. It's not his fault the guy had a pencil neck. This is not a big guy. But when you see a big guy like that, like maybe Tyrus from Fox, and he's just standing there while a, a little old woman gets punched in the face by a scumbag like Jordan Neely, which is what he did, by the way. Jordan Neely punched a 67-year-old 
woman in the face and broke her face in the subway. This is the person we're saying deserves to still be alive today. Okay? So when you see a guy like Tyrus standing there and a little fucking savage 80-year-old is, is punching a black woman in the face, you say, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? Why didn't you help? Just think about this. Think about that fucking little scumbag DA. Okay? And that's why people are not going to help anymore. That's why we are on our own in this country. We're on our own. We are at the, 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 the savages in the streets are in control. And there's no help coming, people. There's no Calvary coming. There's no help from your fellow man. We are at the mercy of the savages that are living in our Democrat-run shithole cities. And that is a crying fucking shame. A crying shame. Andrew asks, can he get a fair trial? I, I would think he'd get a very fair trial. I would think, once again, maybe I'm being overly optimistic. But I can't imagine if the defense does their job and gets a bunch of people who ride the subways and have encountered people like Mr. Pe Mr. Neely, that you're going to get 12 people to decide that this man is guilty of second-degree manslaughter or anything wrong, any criminal activity. But that's kind of neither here nor there. Because just by charging him, you now drag him through the mud, right? He's got to deal with all this. He's got to put up bail. He's got to go through the court proceedings. He's got to go through all this. Because you're not going to find one non-liberal Soros-backed judge who's going to throw this out. So, of course, it's going to go to a jury. But I have every faith that if the defense does their job and gets the right people <clears throat> on that jury, I don't think he's going to be convicted. I don't think you'll get 12 New Yorkers to agree that he's guilty of anything. So, yeah, I think yeah, Rittenhouse got a fair jury, right? Rittenhouse, that was self-defense. It's very simple. Yeah, it's a very similar situation, right? And, you know, there was more injury and death in that case than in this one. And that was a gun. That was an, uh, what, an automatic rifle, you know, it was, this is just someone's hands, someone's arms. So it's a, it's a, the difference also is with Kyle Rittenhouse is that's a lethal weapon, right? An assault rifle. This, this wasn't a lethal weapon, this man's arms. This wasn't a lethal move. When you shoot someone in AK-47, you're probably going to kill them. This was not meant to kill somebody. It was simply meant to restrain a crazy person, a schizophrenic, a person who was being violent and who has a history of violence. Just subdue that person. Once again, the end result is, 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 is tangential. Any DA with a fucking brain who wasn't a political whore like Alvin Bragg would know that. The, the end result is, ta is tangential. It's tangential because if the end result was he woke up five seconds later and had a mark on his neck, there'd be no charges. So you have to look at it from that perspective. He didn't intend to kill this person. This wasn't a move intent to kill. He didn't intend to kill him. OK, that wasn't his intent. It was just to subdue him. So the end result, the unfortunate death, if you believe it's unfortunate, you have every right to believe it wasn't. But if you believe it was, was not the intent. It's, it's tangential to this particular incident.
But Alvin Bragg is not a fair DA. The, the man is a political whore. He belongs to George Soros. He belongs to the woke virtue signaling left. He belongs to those people, the same people, believe me, the same people who were protesting this were the same ones who were burning down our cities three years ago, almost to date. There's no doubt about it. The exact same people, exact same people. So that is who he who he's beholden to. But that's what. But I want. This is what I want you. This is what I will leave you with on this. This is what I want you to understand. Next time you see an incident, and there's a person or people around that incident who could have helped, and they don't. Don't for a fucking second blame them. Blame Alvin Bragg and others like him, like the one we have here in San Francisco, Brooke Jenkins. Uh, did I not share this show? Hold on a second. I'll be back in one second here. Come right back. I forgot to share the show on. I'm so crazy today. I forgot to share the show on Twitter. All right. Bill, how are you? Hey, Mike, can you hear me okay? Yep, you're up. You're on. Hey, let me ask you something. Are you saying that the fellow who had the emotional illness punched a black lady in the face and broke her face. I didn't hear 67, that. 67. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was arrested 44 times. And one oh, in arrest. the past, prior arrest. Okay. okay. Yeah, not, not in that night. Yeah, right. no, prior arrest. And what happened was, I think it was his last arrest, was, was the 67-year-old woman he cracked in the face. And he never showed up for court. So as of the day he was choked to death, he had a warrant out for his arrest because he did not show up to the court date for mm -hmm. that incident. Yes. Right. Okay. I'd like to address a couple issues here and right. bear with me. I might push some of your buttons, but just bear with me and let me get through it. Okay. <laughs> okay. First of all, the, the real issue here is why are mentally ill people on the street? Why did Reagan shut down the mental institutions? Why did we close them? Why wasn't the mental health care improved rather than eliminated? That That's the first thing. Okay. That's never should have happened. This guy with his priors, with his known mental illness, shouldn't have been out on the street homeless. And um, I'm not justifying what he's doing, but he's clearly got a, did you say he was schizophrenic? He had diagnosed mental illness or no? Yeah, he I'm, was schizophrenic. Okay. Yeah. All right. So keep a pin on that for a second. Because there were times where he was okay. He was like, right. supposedly, and this is what the left media likes to show him as, instead of the left media talking about his 44 arrests and punching mm -hmm. an elderly woman in the face. They like to talk about how he was a Michael Jackson impersonator. But when he was doing that Michael Jackson stuff, I mean, he was cognizant enough to dress like Michael Jackson, to look like Michael Jackson, to dance in Times Square, to make money mm -hmm. doing that. So there were times when he was okay, and then there were times when he'd go into a subway car and punch people in the face. Well, schizophrenia is a mental illness, and technically he's – Legally, if he's legally mental and schizophrenic, he he's not guilty of a he's criminally insane at those times. I mean, just to talk about some of the legal definitions. And the other thing is, okay, I disarmed and restrained a guy yielding a knife who slit a guy across the throat, didn't kill him in a movie theater when I was sixteen. Oh, can, you go through that? can you go through that again? What exactly? I said when I was in 16 at a movie, there was a couple guys that got in an argument. One guy was chirping. 
and another guy said something to him. Next thing you know, lights went on. In the middle aisle, the guy pulls a knife when he was chirping and starts wielding it, and he actually cut the tendon in the guy's neck. Now, I was standing behind the guy who got cut, about to charge, and and fortunately, someone grabbed the guy with the knife from behind, lifted his hand straight up. I jumped on it. I hit a pressure point in his wrist that I knew of. He dropped the knife. I put him in a bear hug, and I crossed the leg over. So my leg was in front of his. I used to wrestle. I tied him up, and I just held him until the cops got there. Okay? There, you don't – when you put people in it, first of all, it's illegal – in the new police oversight bill here in Connecticut, for any cop after um, Staten Island, mm-hmm. the big guy got choked out in Staten Island uh, for dollar six. It's illegal for the police to use a chokehold. Okay, now this guy's trained in the military. Of course, if you're on the battlefield and you know it's life or death, that's a whole nother matter. You know what I mean? And he's a young guy, and the problem with the chokehold is. If you, if you hold it too long, you can have cause oxygen deprivation to the brain. Not only that, it's illegal for the cops to use it now. They can use restraining holds, but they can't use choke holds. But he's this, not a, kid, this guy's not a cop. He wasn't a cop. No, he's not a cop. Right. I, I understand that. He was right. trained in the military. So well, he's I, don't know, com- was he, I don't know if he was trained in the military. Did you, do you get trained in the military to do choke holds? I you get trained. Crazy. I've never been in the military. Maybe Daniel Heads. You get claimed, trained in armed-armed combat that to, to use lethal force when necessary, obviously, to survive. You know what I mean? Hand-to-hand combat. So... So all I'm trying to say is if, if I, I I put someone in a restraining hold, I didn't use any legal force that could possibly lead to a chokeout, uh-huh. and, and cops came, and you know, I was instrumental in disarming the guy, yeah. um, and he had yeah, a knife. Bill, Bill, I know what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Okay, you did it the way it didn't kill the guy and Mr. Penny did it the way it ended up killing Mr. Neely. We don't know the, we don't know what's in Neil, Mr. Neely's system, right? Just like we didn't know what was in George Floyd's system. Uh, and that, and, and the guy, guy, right. Could have, could the big have guy is that Island. What was his name? The big guy with oh, the dollars. The guy so. was giving out the cigarettes that the guy. Yeah, gave. Uh, oh shit. I remember yeah, his I name know, too. I know what you're saying. Exactly. But look, the fact of the matter is that's, I, once again, I think that's very tangential to the case of just simply, stepping up and doing the right thing to help other people right now that's the we talk about this all the time when it comes to judging cops actions and police actual police i've seen them on tv say you know citizens and politicians like to say the policemen should have done this they should have done this differently but they have to do things very often in a split second make a split second decision so say you're on a subway car anywhere and you see someone being assaulted you have to make a split-second decision. So what am I? What do I do? Not everyone is an expert in, in Kung Fu. So what do I do? Do I punch the guy in the face? Do I hit him in the back of the head? Do I tackle him? Okay, what if I punch him in the face and I do something like you see in boxing where the guy goes into coma and dies? What if I hit him in the back of the head and I break something and his skull fractures and he dies? What if I just decide to tackle him and his head hits the seat, the edge of the seat, and he dies? So do I go to jail for that? No. What people are going to start saying is, I'm just not going to do anything. Why take a chance? Why take a chance? Because this, we're not living in a society where people are going to say, you did the right thing, even if the result isn't what 
we wanted to happen. You did the right thing. Therefore, when you're not going to go to jail for doing the right thing when an, it caused an accidental death. death. What you did was the right thing. The dying was accidental, okay? So that's what's going to happen, Bill. Once again, this is a split-second decision. Do I help? Do I not? What do I do? Do I jump on him? Do I choke him? Do I punch him? Hit him in the back of the head? Do I knock him to the ground? What do I do? But even in the most docile thing of tackling somebody, they could hit their head on the edge of a seat and die. Right? Of course. Right. But I'm, I'm just pointing out, first of all, the young military guy had no idea what the guy's priors were. He had no idea that he had a mental illness. He obviously was very thin from what you're saying. I don't know what he weighed. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm sorry. Think Michael Jackson. He was built like Michael Jackson. So he was skinny, right? Okay. And I don't know if he was actually, he may have been verbally abusive, but I don't, I didn't hear that he got physical with anyone on the train that day. And for all we know, he may have wanted to be arrested to, to get meals and put in jail yeah, for a while. All, all the defense yeah. is going to need is a few people on that train saying, I felt d- d- danger. I felt my life threatened. That's all they'll need. It's, a few yeah, people it's, it's the same thing when you're looking at uh, the January 6th when Abbott was shot coming through a window. There's, there's a, the concept of lethal force, or, or, or there is a concept of equal force. And I'm not blaming the young kid at 24 for you know, going too far because I, listen, I was wrestling in high school. There's ways to tie people. I'm not saying you should know how to tie people up, but it seemed to me someone who's trained in hand-to-hand combat would know how to tie someone up without having to put them in a chokehold, especially if he's a wiry, you know, drug addict looking. uh, There were also two or three people who were black. He was white. Mm -hmm. Another reason why he's been charged. I'm sure of it, of course. But there are a few other people who were around him who were helping him restrain the guy mm-hmm. and from what i understand no one said he's he's turning blue stop right no one no one like said come on man get the fuck off get the fuck off stop man stop man no one said that so we really have to look at i'm, I'm sure the people who were there are going to be interviewed and all you need is one or two old ladies or a young girl crying saying oh i've been assaulted on the subway i was so afraid i was so glad this man helped that's all you need and you're not going to well, get 12 New Yorkers who ride the subway to convict this guy. You know why? Because in, I feel like almost like a Jack Nicholson thing. They want him on that wall. They need people like him on that wall. And they know that. They want people like him to help. They put themselves in that situation. They say, you know what? I, we want people like that in our city. We want people to think they should help. Not that they should stand by and watch people get hurt. So... I'm very convinced that you're not going to find 12 people to agree to put him in jail. But Probably not. Again, I'm not the it, fact it, of putting his life through the ringer simply for trying to do something, the right thing, and there was a, what you might call a, a bad result. Well, but there's a lot of ways to look at this. I'm not suggesting he should go to prison. I'm not suggesting, you know, that uh, he intended to murder anybody. But I think we need to talk about this and all sides of it to to. <laughs> So, so these what, things don't happen I mean, again. Bill, I know what you're saying, but so what is what is a city like New York to do? Give all of its citizens training and chokeholds, and what are you going to do? Are you going to well, give all? Maybe we should. Maybe we need to do that. Chokeholds again. The problem with when someone's literally choking, they can't breathe. They can't say, "I can't breathe." 
You can't. I've you ever been choking on food, like where you needed someone to give you the Heimlich or give yourself the Heimlich. Not when yet. you're actually choking, you can't breathe, right? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I said not yet. Not yet. <laughs> if you're ever choking and you're alone, I took. I had a take when I coached football. You know CPR, how to deal with you know an emergency like that. There's ways to give the Heimlich to yourself. I won't get into all the details, but you can study it. Well, the point I'm trying to make is when someone's literally gagging and coughing their airway is not entirely cut off when you are choking literally or you're in a chokehold the, the natural thing that's going to happen when someone's putting a chokehold you try and put a dog in a chokehold you try to put any wild animal they're going to fight back they're not mm -hmm. going to relax you right. see what i mean it's instinctual when you can't breathe to fight back so that doesn't de-escalate things and the cops know with new police oversight bills they know their job is to de-escalate especially if they're approaching someone who appears not quite altogether by his dress but you know someone's unshowered dressed in a shabby condition on the street there's a strong chance he got a mental condition so and it was abusing uh, some type of drugs to try and deal with it so they know now that to disarm if they're armed or to restrain without using a chokehold it's illegal to use a chokehold if you're a cop now after the um staten island incident with the big fellow who got choked out for dollar cigs so the cops know that right the young kid trying the military doesn't know that so he this the point being that if someone's going to help, right, you cannot use a chokehold and risk putting someone out because, and you're not going to get them to well, cop. If you were being choked out, Mike, you'd be fighting me. You wouldn't be relaxing. If I put you in a bear hug and wrap my leg in the front well, of yours and I'm behind you, Bill, Bill, you're going to relax. In the, because video, in the video, I do see the man being choked, like his legs are moving. You know what I'm saying? He's like, He's moving his legs. He's trying to. He's trying to get out of it. With his of legs. course. Yeah. Okay. You try and choke out any person. They're going to fight back. They're not going to go. Oh, okay. Cool. Let me chill. I can't breathe. It doesn't work that way. It's a natural instinct. You're going to fight back. If you put someone in a bear hug and you tie up his legs and you get his arms at his sides and you squeeze him, you say, "Listen, I was torn. Blaine, I was a big guy. I was 255 pounds and worked out a lot. I just would talk to him. Say, listen, man, relax." The police are going to come. Just relax. When you started to resist, I just squeezed them harder. I said, I, I can do some damage if you don't back off and just relax. And he stopped resisting and the police came and I de-escalated. If, if you're in, living in the city and you're worried about your self-defense, then maybe take a self-defense course. So you can learn some fundamentals. I mean, that's all. Or, you know, uh, uh, that's you once just again, decide the case. I do want to, <laughs> I want to, I want to do a correction here. I made a mistake. Yeah. I automatically assumed it went in front of a grand jury. This is even worse. He didn't do that. Bragg did not present the case to the grand jury. Rather, he filed the felony himself. And this is a statement from the, uh, from a defense attorney named Bach Betterow. He said, it's stunning that he would make an arrest before presenting it to a grand jury. Brad yeah, usually a prosecutor can't do that. Right. If Brad the cops don't write the complaint, go ahead. Let me finish this. Brad made a political call. He now owns this political call. So mm -hmm. they were saying is it would have been smarter for him to present to a brand, grand jury in order to sidestep potential political minefield of him just bringing the charges on his own. But he has decided 
that there's enough evidence to bring the charges on his own. And he's not, he did not present it to a grand jury. So that's the way that works. Yeah, the reason that's relevant is the police write complaints if they believe there's probable cause. They did not. So now for a prosecutor, if you couldn't get the cops to do it, it has to go before a grand jury for, for charges to be brought. And so there's some things going on here that it's a hot potato, but, and it's a political, hot potato but nonetheless the good can come out of it i'm i'm sure the case will be dismissed at some point but there's lessons to learn from it that's all i'm trying to say and and if anyone wants to come to to someone's aid then you know i don't i mean i was fortunate i wrestled in high school so i knew some things but learn a little bit about self-defense maybe carry pepper spray i do right and that would Definitely subdue somebody, um, and and that way you you don't have to resort to a chokehold. That's all I'm trying to say. The chokehold is it, it should be the last resort. And and I mean, if I, my life was threatened and it was me choking a guy out or dying, of course I choke him out. But I don't think that was the matter here. With this young fella, very competent, with help felt like his life was threatened people may have an older woman might have felt that way but right. those those men in that subway obviously came to aid yeah. they, they weren't worried about this fellow he didn't, wasn't wielding a knife he didn't pull out a, a jagged bottle you know what i'm saying mike right. oh, that's all i'm trying to say is as a culture we need to learn learn from this and the the the, the, the problem we have the bigger picture is mental health issues uh, uh, usually stem often from childhood trauma. Uh, I'm not making excuses for people. I'm just stating a fact and especially severe mental health issues and people end up fucked up and do stupid sh- legal shit and, and sometimes unfortunately harm others. If, if, if this guy's been arrested 40 times, how the hell was he not in a, uh, at, at that point in some type of program we talked see what I'm about saying? this many times this is once again but the people running believe me what well, bill if he had been first of all if he were living in a republican-run state or city he wouldn't have been arrested 44 times because he no. would have been in jail well before let's say crime number three or four but these are democrat-run cities and we see this all the time it's very rare when you see a major incident that's reported on television and they say oh this is this person's first encounter with the law it's never that case when they when it gets to an extreme of like a, of a physical assault or murder it's never their first defense it's we're hearing this all the time i mean 44 is an extreme number that's but a we're lot. hearing it's it crazy. all the time he's got 10 12 14 priors mm-hmm. this is the problem this is the problem in a democrat run city look all, all i'm saying is all of these things lead us to saying we need to get out of these cities and people are getting out of these cities because mm-hmm. Once again, if the if the if the politicians, if a law is not going to protect us, then we have to start taking who who just said a month ago that we were going to start seeing more vigilante kind of justice. I'm not saying Mr. Penny was a vigilante, but I'm saying is the citizens now have to take we have to protect ourselves because the politicians aren't doing it. The laws aren't doing it. The police don't have enough resources to beat enough places to do it. So the citizens will now have to start doing it. But the problem is when the citizens are then charged with crimes for protecting themselves and others, that's when you have a real like a shithole of a place to live in. When you're basically subject to the whims of criminals, they know it. 
They know it. That's the bad thing. They're emboldened now here in these cities, Bill. They're emboldened. Because well, the, only I, place, the only people who uh, face consequences are the law-abiding citizens. Okay. Of someone who's got schizophrenia, who's living on the street, um, that person's got some bigger problems than feeling emboldened that he could be, I don't know, threatening people. Well, He's, you know what? Do you know why Reagan closed those institutions? Wasn't a big part of it. I was only a kid back then. But mm-hmm. I was like 10. But correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Reagan close those down because of the exposure by like um, Geraldo Rivera, like on Staten Island at Woodbridge and Titicut Follies? And they were showing they were being like tortured. There was the problem. Even let me tell you something. The psych ward that I was put in for the illegal arrest when I wouldn't take plea bargains. That's the only reason they did that. They offered me knowledge. I said, no, there's no probable cause. In that psych ward, if you study Whiting CVH in Middletown, Connecticut, they had just walked off 34 employees to patient abuse. One guy got choked out. He died on a Twix bar while people held him down rather than clear his throat. And another guy, they were putting dirty diapers on his head and the, 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 the staff even in 2017 were abusing patients so if you consider that happening at you know 2017 you can check out whiting cvh middletown see everything i said is true they had a change of staff and everything i'm in there for a class c misdemeanor well, for, you know, for nothing wrote, wrote once over the cuckoo's nest in the early 70s right 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 yeah. so so the problem with the psych wards is a lot of people end up working in there have problems themselves and for some reason, uh, well, this was uh, full max lock time, uh, max security psych ward with murderers, rapists, arsons. I'm there for a class C misdemeanor. They couldn't prove. It's a, it's an abomination to put someone like me in there when I'm reporting crimes that all got dropped. But the point I'm trying to make is if you go back to the Reagan time, there was a lot of sexual abuse and physical abuse in these psych wards. But the, the remedy is not shutting them down. The remedy is firing the people like they did in Whiting. I think they ended up firing 13 uh, altogether, changing the administration, bringing in a new chief, uh, the, Dr. Wasser, to lead the site team, and, and straighten and re, rehab, rehabilitating the place. That's, that's the, shutting them down is not the answer. Do you know what I mean, Mike? And so, Okay, so the progress here in Corruptica is, you know, they got a new oversight committee and, you know, they, they made all these changes at Whiting and blah, 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 which needed to happen. Uh, at the time, the FBI, I'm sorry, CMS and the DOJ were investigating Whiting because of the problems that were happening. So I happened to be in there at a critical time and I made a lot of reports to authorities and whatever. So, so it's shocking to think that in 2017, October through December, I was there two months that that was going on in what we consider times when you can imagine it. But even so you see this, yes, the psych words can still be problematic. So again, they made changes, new administration, new psych head chief, uh, psych doctor. And, and so they're trying to fix it. That's the solution, not shutting it down. That wouldn't solve anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's all. Well, I, but I think yeah. those, that went into the thinking of, of shutting those down. But the idea is you can have better mental health without having those kinds of crazy institutions run by Nurse Ratchet. You know, you can have better mental health facilities. Come mm-hmm. on, we live in 2023, man. You can have state-of-the-art yeah. 
mental health facilities. We should. You psychologists in the world, right? I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it's a different time now. There's no more of this, you know, zapping someone's brain, giving no. lobotomies. You know, but what they did, anymore. no more physical lobotomies, but they did twice to get me involuntarily conserved to medicate me, to put me in a medical lobotomy and i saw them do that the guys in there who you know were hyper vigilant and uh you know guys clearly not a threat to anybody but on the other hand they were uh, had some mental problems for sure and and they they drugged them down to where they were like uh, they were cognizant, but they were a shadow of the former selves, just so medicated up, you know, if you can imagine. Let me tell you, but living yeah. in San Francisco, sometimes I wish I was given a, I was put into <laughs> a medical lobotomy. I think I'd no, be happier. Don't. I think I'd be happier <laughs> if I was in a medical lobotomy right now than walking around in this fucking city. You know what you could do, Mike? And people call and say this, they're like, because I have a lot of pain management issues. Oh, you can get these gummies now online totally legal that have certain level of they're made from i don't know cbd oil or something they have a certain level of uh, thc in them i think if i'm not mistaken it's legal you can buy them online you can chew these freaking gummies and numb yourself down if you want but i don't go there but i mean i'd rather drink some whiskey you know with a beer chaser personally but you know this is what people are doing yeah. they're trying to dumb me down society it's like oh yeah. well Take your gummies. Don't worry about anything. Go meditate. Don't address issues. <laughs> you know, yeah, walk around know. in the fucking cloud. By the way, Andrew just said something in the chat. I believe what he said is, I haven't read this, but I'm not denying it's true. He said that when Mr. Penny let go of Mr. Neely, Mr. Neely was still breathing, but it was okay. agonized breathing. So uh-huh. if that's true, it's not like Mr. Penny choked him until he was out cold or dead. Right. right? He was still breathing. Still he was breathing. still breathing okay. when he let go. I don't know. I, I don't see how you're going to get any kind of a criminal charge on No, that. he probably had medical complications or right. God knows what. They could do an autopsy and figure that out. You know what I mean? Or if he was on drugs or something. Didn't that, it didn't, wasn't George Floyd supposed right. to That's what I said earlier. I said, you know, and Daniel's brought this up in the past that it could, George Floyd, that cop might get a second trial. He might win on appeal when they find out that it could be the, the, the drugs that were in George Floyd's system that caused his death, not the neck, not the knee on the back of his neck. So that might be revisited at some point. I believe that might be the actual uh, defense uh-huh. on appeal. So uh-huh. we'll have to see what's in this guy's system. If, 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 if it led to, to uh, you know, him dying from something that most people don't from this kind of a thing. So I, I don't know, but what I'm saying is we have to decide whether we want heroes in this world or not, or is it all, is it every person for themselves law of the jungle? That's the question. That's a bigger question. Yeah, and I think we have to decide that make, the government needs to make a, needs to make a commitment uh, for the criminal justice system reform to to have type of psych wards where people are cared for properly, even if it's criminal max security lock. There was no vocational training for these people, Mike, in the psych ward I was in. Zero. And I was only there to allegedly be restored to competence for trial, which we never had. It was a total legal two-month incarceration that led to nothing. We never went to trial. I wasn't rehabilitated for anything. You've talked to me. Do I sound delusional, bipolar, with grandiosity complex? I mean, Jesus Christ, no. If anything, I'm always trying to pull back the veil on anything from COVID issues. You know where I come from. The Catholic Church, you know. 
for Christ's sakes. So, but, you know, our prosecutors are corrupt here. Attorney General isn't worth a fart in a windstorm. And the Attorney General in New York, whatever you think about her, she did sue the Catholic Church for failure to protect children, the only one in this whole country to do that. And she wrote me a thank you letter. So now everybody's eating crow here in Connecticut. Bill, thank you. Let me let you go and let me get yeah. Daniel on. But thank yeah, you, sure. Bill. I always appreciate your input. Thanks, Mike. Put your input. Same here. And look, yeah, who knows? Maybe, maybe that should come along with living in a city now, living in a Democrat-run city, right? Self-defense classes. Uh, to, teachers had to put people in a in a uh, non-lethal chokehold. Isn't that? Isn't life grand living in a Democrat-run city? Hey, Daniel, isn't life grand living in a Democrat-run city? Oh, grand! Yeah. Did you hear what happened yesterday in the Bart tube? Yes. You did. Another, I, I was going to talk about that until this, you know, this decision came down by uh, by Mr. Bragg. Yeah. yeah, there was a was it a, a hatchet wielding person, a cleaver wielding person, a cleaver. Not- oh, a cleaver. Was he was he an Iron Chef? Was he a chef? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, it wasn't like it wasn't like a Benihana demonstration, yeah. right? No. Well, yeah, I don't think he was going to get five stars unless. Uh, unless no, he was he was looking to do Benihana on someone's head. Is what he was looking to do. Right? He was th- he was threatening people on on the the train, and then he um, tried to steal someone's backpack, and I guess the guy resisted, and he slashed his back, and the guy was hospitalized due to this cleaver slash. Um, but I can guarantee you, there's <laughs> a lot of people. Um, going through the tube yesterday, wishing that Daniel Penny was uh, on their train. Well, the hat, the, the cleaver adds another element of distress to the whole situation. I mean, if someone's yielding a cleaver, you know, you have to, what do you do? I mean, I don't know if, if I'm on a, a car and someone's like, wacky has a cleaver in their hand. I'm, I have my pepper spray. So that would probably work. Right. Cause I blind them and they probably drop it. I guess that well, would here's, work, here's, but who knows? Here, here's, yeah, here, here, here's something I was thinking about yesterday when I was thinking about some of these incidents that have happened on on, on uh, trains lately um, in blue cities. Um, I noticed that there is um, toward toward each one of the doors that goes from car to car on the BART train, um, down on the uh, left-hand lower side, there is a fire extinguisher. Um, mm-hmm. So if, if, if you're to see something like this going down, this is what I would suggest people do. Go to the next train um, over so that the person that is uh, that is harassing people doesn't see what you're going to do. You grab the fire extinguisher. You carry it in behind your back, under your coat, whatever you need to do. Give it a little test spray while you're in the, the, uh, the uh, other, ch- uh, um, other car to make sure it works. And um, and then uh, approach the person, you know, kind of nonchalantly, timidly looking or whatever, and then just spray them in the face with with the uh, um, with the fire extinguisher. And if you need to, then you bludgeon them with the fire extinguisher. Um, while you're in the other train, there's also an intercom that's right on the opposite side of the of the uh, door from where the fire extinguisher is, and you could speak to the people uh, that are operating the train. So you could quickly say we have a disturbance, and then you can look at the train number or the car number, which is above the door, and then grab the fire extinguisher and, and, and do your thing, and hopefully somebody else will, will, will be helping you. And hopefully they don't charge you with murder or manslaughter if you end up killing the person, of course, right? Because yeah. you didn't have the right to you – know, look, if someone's – you know, if someone's in San Francisco or New York City or any city run by a Democrat and they've got a cleaver and they're and they're, you know, and they're looking to cut people to pieces, you got to use equal, equal, Daniel, equal 
e- equal self-defense. So does that mean we all have to bring our own cleavers? That's equal, no, that mean, right? No, that means that you could. It, that means if you had a concealed weapon and, and a permit to carry it, you would be totally totally justified in pulling it out and blasting the fuck out of the guy at that very moment without thinking one more thought about it. That's what it means. Well, that sounds like common sense, but I'm not quite sure if Brooke Jenkins or I don't think Brooke, a Brooke Jenkins even, or especially even, what we've even seen in San Mr. Bragg are running on yeah. common sense. They're running on 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 what's politically expedient for them, right? It, that's yeah, what they, they care about. Yeah, that's, that's where their heads at. That's where the head's at. But even in San Francisco, someone's wielding a cleaver and threatening people. Uh, there would be no jury in the country that would convict somebody. With well, I don't believe there's a jury in New York City that's going to convict Mr. They Penny either. They are not But, either. you know, but once again, he's still this is a hero, an army veteran, a man who defended our country, who is a hero. He's a hero then in the military and he's a hero now as a civilian. And look at what they're doing to him, yep, regardless exactly. if it comes out exactly. not going to jail. He'll yep. basically be in jail, yep. out of jail, if you know what I'm saying, right? Exactly. So it's, that's, it's disgraceful. It's just, just disgraceful what they're doing to him. I, I just can't think of a better word than that. Well, it is disgraceful. And it's all at the behest of the same people who burned our cities down three years ago. It's at the, at the behest of George Soros, right, who buys these people their positions and they owe him favors after he buys them their positions. And George Soros is just a, a, a old, miserable, bag face turd. That's what he is. And if people out there think that's anti-Semitic, they can go take a fucking walk. Because believe me, Mr. Soros, based on his actions, ain't a real Jew. Jews I know believe in God. Mr. Soros doesn't believe in God because he was born into Judaism. Doesn't make him a fucking Jew. I was born into Roman Catholicism. I'm no fucking Roman Catholic. Do I sound like a fucking Roman Catholic, Daniel? Don't answer that question. No, I, I, was, <laughs> I was born into a Catholic family as well. Went through baptism, confirmation, the whole whole uh, yeah. nine yards. Um, uh, Ju- Judaism is a religion. It's not an ethnicity. You can't be just born into it. It's it's like saying that um, I'm an ethnic Catholic to say they're ethnic. Well, ethnic people always ethnic. ask me, Daniel, how were you brought up religiously? And I say Roman Catholic, right? I mean, but I did not really want to participate in that. You know? didn't and at stick. a certain age, like 12, 13, I got out of it. So yeah. my guess is Mr. Soros did not participate in Judaism at all. Yeah, yeah, maybe, um, maybe just for the, what do you call it? What's that part when you're young where you get all the money? What do they call that? The what? The, uh, the Jews, the Jews, the thing they do when they're kids, when the boys become men. What's it called? Oh, bar mitzvah. Yes, just that part. Yeah. Because you can make a shitload of money, you know, yeah. so... But that's about it. I mean, I, I doubt very much that George Soros is a very religious man. So I always yeah, make yeah, yeah, laugh yeah. when people criticize him and they go, oh, you're being anti First of all, it's absolutely ridiculous that you can't criticize someone who's Jewish, who's of the Jewish religion. You can't have any critiques of anything they do when they're a multi-billionaire and they buy politicians. You can't criticize them for that because they're Jewish. It's so stupid. It's like, oh, yeah, don't, I don't criticize me because... I don't think the fact don't criticize me because you're bashing Roman Catholicism. How dare you bash Roman Catholicism? So yeah. if you're criticizing Micah Chopley, you're bashing Roman Catholicism, you awful person. It's yeah. so stupid. Exactly. We live in such a stupid fucking world. I yeah, swear yeah. to God. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't even know that George Soros um, uh, had, had a Jewish background, whatever that even means, if, unless 
and, and well, the left people loves to bring it up in every article written about him. Exactly, so. exactly, exactly. So, yeah, all I wanted to call about was to, to, touch, to talk about what happened yesterday. And you take bars. You still take it, don't you? You take it. You take yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you that's have it all that's, mapped out. You have like yeah, the that's, fire that's, extinguisher that's mapped out. That's why I was thinking out. about the fire extinguisher yesterday, and um, and and noticed where it was, and um, and then I was thinking, you know, you know, what would I do if I needed to to use um, find something to defend myself quickly? Mm-hmm. And that's what I came up with. Go to the next car, grab the fire extinguisher, uh, tell the train operator on the intercom what's going on, and then do your thing. Isn't it great that you have to think about those things? Do you it think is, that's normal? But that is the city that we live in now. That we now have to think yeah. about this stuff. I never in my life sat on Bart on Bart before three years ago and thought and thought about you know how I was going to defend myself. You know, never, never thought about it. Yeah, here it is. Here, look, as I'm talking to you, your story pops up. The story pops up. Cleaver wielding convict, convict. So he was yeah. a convict. That's right. He's on parole at the time. Charles Johnson, 24, was arrested at the West Oakland station. Big, big station. Very, very busy station at 1 p.m. Wow, in the middle of the day yep. in connection with the stabbing. They called it a stabbing. Is that a stabbing? We did some with a cleaver? I guess so. But, uh, yeah, so this guy was 24. He was already a convict. And here he was. Why? I don't understand. Doesn't convict mean convicted? Yes. Why is he out in the streets? He's only 24. He's on parole. He's on parole. Oh, he's on parole. I see. Yeah. At 24, he's on parole. Must so, have been, so he was good. He was good in prison. They let him out. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, so he was, in part, his <laughs> arrest was due to a violation of his parole. The Genius California Parole Board decided he was no longer a threat to society. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is where we live, Daniel. This is, soon, I will say... This is where I used to live. That's what I'll be saying very soon. This is where I used to live. Do you think I'm no longer living here? I'm asking you. Go ahead. Do you think... Are you there, Daniel? Hello? Daniel? I think we lost Daniel. Yes, we lost Daniel. Okay. Yep, he's out. He went out. Okay. Um... Maybe he'll come back on. Maybe he'll come back on. Um, there you are, Daniel. Okay, I was I was asking you. It's a rhetorical question, really. Really, it's like, do you think I'll be as angry once I'm out of here? Do you think I'll be calmer? Do you think once I'm in Florida and I'm enjoying the sun and the little humidity there and the and the peaceful atmosphere where you don't have to worry about where the fire extinguisher is on the public transportation in case you need to either spray it in someone's face or knock them over the head with it or both. Maybe I'll be less angry. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll be less angry than I am now. I don't know. I can't, I can't promise it. I can't promise it, but I say most likely, most likely I'll be uh, less angry. So the story, this actually made it into the daily mail, this story about this crazy person, on BART. But for more information, it's, it's the, the title of the article is A New Low for San Francisco. Cleaver Wielding Convict Terrorizes BART Train Passengers Trapped in Underwater Tunnel by Pacing Up and Down Train, Threatening Them, Then Slashing a Man in the Back. 
a cleaver-wielding BART terrorist <laughs> terrorized passengers uh, trapped in a tunnel before pacing up and down and slashing a man in the back on Wednesday. Charles Johnson was arrested in West Oakland, 1 p.m. in connection with the stabbing, which occurred on the Transbay Tube. Johnson was booked in Santa Rita Jail on assault with a deadly weapon and robbery charges, as well as, as Daniel uh, mentioned, a, a probation uh, violation. So here's a guy who should have been in jail. Obviously, he should have been in jail. Um, and he wasn't. He was on BART, right? So the, the parole board obviously decided this wasn't, this man wasn't a threat. This man wasn't a threat. And obviously, he was a threat. Um, and this is what people here have to deal with. Like I said, in a normal place, a normal place, who thinks about things that Daniel just said he thought about? I'm looking, I'm looking around, I'm, I'm surveying the area. Okay, there's a fire extinguisher over there. And it's okay, if someone comes in and is threatening, I can grab the fires. Who, who has to think that way? Now, I don't blame for Dan, Daniel for thinking that way. I don't blame him at all. I think that way. I, I have, I have uh, pepper spray now. I'm ready to use it, you know. So, but in a normal society, in an, in an actual civilized country, you don't have to think this way. I don't think people who are on the bus in Boise, Idaho, think this way. I don't think people who are on the bus in Omaha, Nebraska, think this way. I don't think people who are on public transit in Tampa, Florida, think this way. I don't think people in Phoenix, Arizona, think this way. I don't think people in, oh, let's say uh, Miami, Florida, think this way. By the way, Miami, which used to be one of the most dangerous cities, is now one of the safest cities, as it's now run by a uh, Republican. Um, but here we, here we are in San Francisco, in New York, in Chicago. You know the places, right? We have to think this way. I mean, it's just a sad way of having to live. It really is. It truly is a sad, sad way of having to live. And you can't, once again, you have to think twice. I, I appreciate what Bill was saying about learning how to do things properly so you get the intended result. But we shouldn't have to worry about those kinds of things. We should be able to stand up for ourselves, to stand up for our fellow man, right? And if the result is something that was not intended, so be it. So be it. That's the way things go. That's the way things go. Messages need to be sent, not just to violent criminals, that you're not going to get away with this. You're not going to get away with terrorizing us. If you try to terrorize us, something bad might happen to you. Something very bad might happen to you. So sometimes there needs to be examples set. Sometimes that's the way it works. Don't they always talk about that? People always say that. Sometimes you have to set an example, and it's example setting time in places like New York and San Francisco, not just for the criminal element, but to serve notice to the politicians, to the leaders, that they have to do something, whether it's more cops on the streets, whether it's more cops on the subway, whether it's better mental health, whether it's not letting people out of jail early, whether it's all of these things, these messages need to be sent. They need to be sent that their lives are going to be miserable until they start doing what they're supposed to fucking do for us. Okay. But you not only have leaders 
that don't get the job done. You also have citizens like Mr. Uh, Neely and others who are just on the edge. They're on the edge. And they are existing among us as though they're normal people. Case in point is another case. And here it's, we're going to go from, we're going coast to coast here. We, we're going from New York to San Francisco, back to New York to San Francisco. Now we're in San Francisco again. This is a, um, a person, an individual who was at a city council, a board of, I love how now the San Francisco uh, is in the news a lot. They keep on saying city council. We don't call them the city council here. We call them the board of supervisors. So the Board of Supervisors here, every Tuesday they have the meetings, you know, and people they are open to the public and you can go up and you get, I guess it's two minutes to say we're well, your piece, basically. Well, I played last week, remember, the, the crazy trans person who just screamed for a full minute. Um, and I thought it was hilarious. Of course, it's sick, but it's also hilarious. Um, here's another incident. This is a person who calls themselves Jordan. Now, Jordan... I have to admit, I have some personal experience with this person, Jordan. I I think it's a it's a it's a guy. When I knew Jordan, I think he was a guy. <laughs> I can't be totally sure. I'm not I'm not being a, a pissant here. I'm just not sure. I think it's I think I think a guy or whatever. But he's trans or you know whatever it may be, and he's been in the community and he was a big progressive and a big Bernie Sanders supporter. So I used to go to the. <laughs> This seems like a previous fucking life, folks. But I used to go to the uh, meetings, like the, the Bernie meetings, the Bernie Kratz of San Francisco meetings, and Jordan would be there from time to time. And I always thought Jordan was a little odd, a little uh, antisocial, if you will, right? A little abrasive to talk to, you know. And you could tell that Jordan may have needed medication or was on medication or you didn't want to get to you know. It's, well, Jordan, you didn't want to get to know very well. You wanted to keep it on an acquaintance level, right? Because you knew at any time, you had a feeling at any time that Jordan would just like go crazy, <laughs> okay? Uh, Jordan's a pretty big person, not not small, thick, thick boned, thick boned person. So here is Jordan at a recent board of, if I can cue this up, a recent board of supervisors meeting, talking about- Fuck on oh, security wait, sorry. and fuck the Fuck Crook Jen. Fuck D.A. Jenkins. Fuck London Breed. Fuck Stephanie. Fuck Copaganda Dorsey. Fuck Mandelman. Fuck Safai. Fuck Mussolini Guardio. Fuck SFPD. Fuck Chief Scott. Fuck DPW. Fuck Homeless Sweeps. Fuck Age Shock. Fuck Warden Entry. Fuck Drama Scoring. Fuck those who recall Chase and Boudin. Fuck School Board Recallers. Fuck Sit Lie. Fuck Shelter First. Fuck Josephine Zhao and her stance. Fuck Trump Republicans and fuck Richie Greenberg. Fuck John Dennis. Fuck Alex Stein. Fuck Twitter Trolls and fuck Drug Warriors. And fuck the Lying Press. Fuck Suit Heather White Knight. Fuck Jill Tucker Carlson. Fuck Susan Cryer Reynolds. And fuck civility fetishes. You are a fucking disgrace. You know, I'm very upset. I'm not upset all that cursing. I curse a lot. I'm upset that I wasn't on that list. I'm a nobody. John Dennis. I I've had John Dennis on this show a couple of times. He's on the fucking list. Does John Dennis know he's on that list? I need to send this to him. He probably does. Um, but I wasn't on the list. Come on. I'm the guy that has John Dennis on my podcast. 
Come on, Jordan. Fuck you for not putting me on the list. I want to be on the list. How do I get on that list? Maybe yeah, a couple of more meetings. I'll get my maybe because I'm calling out Jordan. I'm hey, I know how to do it. I'm you know, I could be such a PR whore sometimes. I'm gonna send Jordan this podcast of me going after Jordan. And then maybe next time I'll get on Jordan's list. But my problem is this is a lifelong problem, and I'm not going to change it because my father would kill me. It's my last name. No one knows how to say it. So they might want to say fuck you to me, but they don't know how to say my name. So they don't know how to say Mike Kachapoli, right? They say, they'll say like Mike Kakapata. First of all, if you say Mike like Kakapapa, no one's going to know who the fuck I am anyway. It doesn't matter. You have to learn how to say my name, and that's the problem. Let's change my name. I always thought about changing it to a more radio friendly name like Mike. Carter, Mike Carter here, and let's be heard with Mike Carter. Isn't that better? My father would not like that too much. So, but maybe if I, my name was Mike Carter, I'd get a good fuck you from Jordan. So, as you can see, Jordan spent his, her, its, days, zib, zab, zib, two minutes saying fuck you to everybody. And it's a weird fuck you because it's like, it's like fuck you. Aaron Peskin, Board of Supervisors. Fuck you, whatever. Yeah, I agree with that. I do. Fuck you, London. I agree 100%. But I don't agree with fuck you, Tucker Carlson. Right? And I don't agree with, you know, fuck you, whatever. Oh, oh, oh uh, get rid of Cheza Budin. Right? I don't agree with that either. So I don't agree with that stuff. But we do hate half the people she mentioned I don't like either. Probably different reasons. But here's the point of this. She goes through that list, right? She gets her two minutes. And then one of the persons, the clerk, sorry, the clerk of the Board of Supervisors says, thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. The question is here, are there no rules, as, as the Marina Times asks, are there no rules for public decorum rules? For public speakers, I curse a lot on this show, but this is my show. I can do whatever I want. It's mine. But if I'm going into someone's office or someone's house or a board of supervisors meeting, am I going to do that? Well, no, I'm not going to do it because by going into a meeting, you obviously, if you are, if you are more than a virtue signaler, which Jordan obviously is not, if you're a real activist and you want to get things actively done, you don't just curse out everybody. That's not going to make them want to help you. It's going to make them want to ignore you or attack you back. So people like Jordan, not real activists. There are no, there are very few real activists these days, like the old days, right? Where they said, we, this is an issue, a real issue. We feel there's real wrong things with this, real oppression, real problems with this issue. And we're going to try to get it changed. Martin Luther King didn't talk like that. Malcolm X was a very, bold speaking person. He didn't talk like that because he knew it would not get anything accomplished other than getting stuff off your chest. And I would like to tell Jordan, if you want to get stuff off your chest, I recommend a podcast. It does wonders. So when you have a podcast, you can talk like that. But if you want to get actual things changed, and I have to tell you the truth, I don't really want anything that Jordan wants to get changed to happen. It only make the city even worse than it already is. But I can't imagine that's going to work. 
I can't imagine that one would think that's going to work. Even if you're crazy, like Jordan probably is, does this person think that's going to work? <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But once again, my real anger comes in the fact that I'm not. Oh, there she goes. Sorry. Let's get rid of Jordan. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. I can't get rid of Jordan. Oh, my God. I can't get rid of Jordan. Okay, there's Jordan. That might work as a song, like in the background of a song. But, um, you know, it's like maybe I'll get on that list eventually and I'll be somebody, you know, maybe. But also, I hate several people. But how do you hate everybody? And also, it's like this mishmash. It's like you hate like Board of Supervisors members. So how do you hate extreme ultra left communists, Board of Supervisors members and Tucker Carlson and Fox News? It doesn't make any sense. Most of us hate one side of the how do you hate everybody on total opposites of the political spectrum? Total opposites. I don't know how you can be a trans anything in this city and not love everyone that runs this city. They give you everything. That's the insane thing about people like Jordan and the crazy screaming woman of last week. It's that they think that they have it bad here, that they're not welcomed in San Francisco. That alone shows they're insane. They're not, they're like on Biden's level. They're not there. There's no there there. Because if you want to see not welcoming, why don't you take a plane ride to Mississippi? Take a plane ride to Alabama dressed and speaking like you do. Then you're going to see unwelcoming. But to think you're not welcome in San Francisco. Look, if you believe you're not welcome and you're trans in San Francisco, you ain't going to be welcome anywhere. And maybe that's the point. Maybe there's just so much self-hatred for these people. They hate themselves so much. And no matter where they are, no matter how welcoming the people are around them, this, they're never going to feel accepted. They're never going to feel loved or liked because they don't love or like themselves. I know that sounds silly. It sounds like psychology 101, but I think that's true. There's so much hatred in their heart. People will now say, Mike, you're being a hypocrite. You're very hateful sometimes. You called George Soros all these bad names earlier. You called Alvin Brick all these horrible names earlier. But my hatred comes from a real fundamental reality of things, right? that these people are ruining our cities, that these are extreme leftists that are ruining our lives. How can you live in a city like San Francisco in New York and say there aren't enough resources for trans people, that trans people are not welcome here, that everyone is conspiring against us to the point where they hate everyone, every single person? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, doesn't live within reality. You know, if you're on the left, and you don't like Tucker Carlson, it makes perfect sense. If you're on the right and you don't like these extreme left uh, politicians, that seems fine to me. But how do you hate everybody? No one's doing anything for you, right? It's Once again, I think it really comes down to just not loving yourself enough, right? Being so just a hateful person because of how insecure you are. And we know this is a general it's not with everyone, but it's a general rule with trans people because it is a mental disorder that they were not treated very well by their parents, right? That they did not have a great childhood. They didn't feel acceptance. A lot of them feel incredible hatred for their parents. Many of them are totally disassociated with their parents. They don't deal with them anymore. And they'll blame their parents for their woes. 
and it's such a it's a it's it's a deep seated psychology that comes from the earliest parts of childhood, and it has made the people this way. But the left is at fault. The right people like me, conservatives, libertarians, we are doing the right thing by telling them we're not going to accept your reality. You need help. Isn't that what a real – don't they say like a real friend will tell you like if you have your breath smells or you have a thing in your tooth, a piece of salad in your tooth? A real friend will say that because they want you to get better, right? They want you to improve. They don't want you to be embarrassed further. That's a real friend. They're not saying it to hurt you. They're saying it to help you. I've had real friends, you know? So a real friend will do that, that, that tough love of, look, you, you need help. But no, that's not what the left does. They coddle them, right? They virtue signal to them. They say, oh, you're, you're perfect who you are. You're fine. You're exactly, be who you want to be. Love is love. Love is love. Well, it's all bullshit. It's not true. They're sick people. They're not mentally stable. They are psychologically, I don't want to use the word disturbed. I don't like the word disturbed. They're psychologically damaged. They're psychologically damaged people, and they need help. We just need to help them. But a real friend will say that, but the left doesn't. They coddle them. They appease them. They they do what like a spouse of a drunk does, you know, where they don't make them get help, where they enable enable. That's the word I'm I'm thinking of. Enable them, and they enable their their behavior when they allow that kind of speaking. At an event like that. And they don't say, yo, dude, do that, do whatever. You need help. You need help. Go get help. But of course, we then have to have the resources to get them the help, right? But you have to be a little bit of tough love and say, look, this is not reality. We're not going to live in this world anymore. We're not going to allow this kind of behavior. You need to get assistance. Ron, and let's be heard. How are you, Jay? Hey, how's it going, man? How are you? Pretty good. Good to hear you. I've uh, I was I've, I've talked to you before, but it's been like months. I haven't been on this app in months. Okay, you should come on the app more often. There's a lot of stuff happening here. A lot of happening stuff. Oh, it's popping now. It's better than like <laughs> three months ago. <laughs> I don't know. I'm on five days a week, so I'm I'm happening. I'm happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I just wanted to say a lot of what you just said mirrors my exact exact thoughts on things lately, and. It, you know, it's time to take a stand because, you know, it's like, where do we want to hold the line? You know, because like we're normalizing this, this ideology is normalizing mental illness mm-hmm. is normalizing delusions. Yes. And they're targeting our children. Right. You know, and, and so, and here's the thing to, to, to what you said is like, listen, like, there's a difference between accepting that someone is the way that they are and supporting it. Right. right? Like I accept people that smoke a pack of cigarettes a day. Right. But that doesn't mean I support it. Right. Because it's bad for you. Right. And so, and so it's the same thing with, with, with these, these extreme measures that these mentally ill people are, are taking like hormone replacement therapy and surgical mutilation for gender reassignment are extremely dangerous and damaging procedures. 
You know, you know that, that gender reassignment surgery has a 67% complication rate. Yes, very high, very high. Okay, I mean, it, it's just, it's literally nature. First off, these things haven't been tested, but they, they're not tested for a reason because they know, like, look, a, a woman, a biological woman mm-hmm. with the biological chromosomes of a woman mm-hmm. is meant to have a certain amount of estrogen in her body and a certain amount of testosterone. A man is supposed to have a certain amount of testosterone and a certain amount of estrogen. When you flip those balances, it causes significant health issues, not little things, heart disease, cancer, right? Like blood, blood pressure problems. Like it's, it's extreme. And so, yes. and, and so this goes back to, to, to what you just said of, you know, here's the thing. There's, there's two groups of these people that are supporting this nonsense. There's one, the people, the people that are mentally ill that are leading this movement. Okay. And then there's the, lib- the liberals that are brainwashed, not, you know, be- because partly because they're good people, they're brainwashed to support this because they've con- been convinced by these extremists that you have to support this in its entirety if you want to be an accepting, loving, progressive person, right? Mm-hmm. They've been and they and they're so they're brainwashed. And when and I'm and I can't I moved I moved out of California, but I was born and raised in California. I know you are too, and or I know you live in California. Yeah. And when when you live in that environment that's super liberal, you are completely oppressed and shut down and ostracized if you say any one little thing that goes outside the normal realm. Yes, and, in fact, I feel like I can't except for the small group of, of friends. Daniel's one of them who I associate with here personally, I feel like I really can't talk to most people, especially strangers or people I, I might meet casually about politics at all. Nothing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and so, and, and I'm tired of this, you know, they slap a label on you. Right. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's the thing. And we know this, right. We've know that, that, that the, a lot of the extreme left, they just, they can't even, they can't even begin to participate in logical, honest discourse. Right. They yes. just start yelling and screaming and using labels with no logic or, or evidence. They can't even participate. But like, it, like, like, okay, you need to define what transphobia is. Like, transphobia is hating somebody simply because they're transphobic. Or, sorry, sorry, simply because they're trans. I don't, like, that's, I don't wish hate or, or ill on any human being, right? Right, because right. Because I want goodness for every but human being. But but what what the label is slapped with is your is they're saying like and this is what I face all the time is like just because I believe just because I have the personal opinion that somebody with a cock is a dude someone with a vagina is a woman that's transphobic that's not transphobic that's reality that's why re- that's reality that's exactly my that's exactly my fucking opinion and that's and it's and it's the most ridiculous shit but but this is back to exactly what you said is you hit it you hit it bingo is, is that, listen, and, and I, and I have a psychology, uh, you know, a couple of degrees in psychology, but you know, it's besides the point you don't need to, you know, it doesn't take mm. an, a, it doesn't take a genius to know this, but like, like you said about the compassion, right? When, if, if a friend comes to you, right. And says, Hey, I'm like, I'm like so depressed. I'm suicidal. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking about killing myself. What do you think? Now, either one, if you don't want to offend them because you're, you know, assuming something's wrong with them, you can say, oh, yeah, man, like, you're totally valid in your feelings. 
there's nothing wrong with your psychological perspective. Like, go for it. Right. Like, of course, that's not compassionate, right? Or, no. or, or somebody that has like a phobia of, of going outside in the sun, right? Someone that's afraid of the sun has that phobia. Like, are, are you going to tell them to spare their feelings to not make them feel bad about their condition? Or are you going to be like, oh yeah, you're totally valid. Just, just never go outside for the rest of your life. You're totally normal in the way you're thinking. That's not the compassionate thing to do. The compassionate thing is to say, hey, let's give you all the help you can get. Let's give you therapy. Let's give you medication. Let's do everything we can to help you love yourself, right? Because if somebody came to me, thank God I haven't had any family or friends that have done this. But if, if, if a close families or friends came to me and said, hey, listen, I hate my body so much that I'm thinking about, you know, Whacking Mut- my dick yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, mut- <laughs> mutilating my yeah. sexual organs. Right. <laughs> right? And undergoing, like, you know, and, in, 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 you know, putting chemicals in my body and, and doing a surgery that's probably going to, like, make me die at 40 at the, at the max, right? Right. Right? Like, if someone came to me and said that, I'd say, no, I don't support you doing this. Right? right? And that's, that's, this is, this is the thing that they just can't get through their thick skulls. The compassionate way to be for somebody that is extremely, you know, um, you know, and, and I, 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 you know, yeah, I don't like to use the word disturbed, but, but people that are, you know, have a, have a psychological distortion, right? Like, mm-hmm. and that are s- suffering psychologically and emotionally deeply, mm-hmm. right? Like it's not normal and we cannot normalize hating your body so much that, that we support them getting surgeries and chemicals we just can't do it no and you're right like i said a real friend says exactly what you're bringing up no this is not right you're going to regret this and you know we're going to see we've already seen people coming out and and regretting this and talking about how they regretted doing this when they were younger to themselves and now they they can't go back they regret having their breasts you know whack you taken off when they were young and so on and so forth we're going to see so much more of that in the future, right? Now, once again, let's not pretend this is a huge percentage of society. It's not. The left likes to make it look like it's this huge percentage of society, this huge voting block, but it's not. But the, we're going to see many more of these cases in the future, people saying, oh, what did I do to myself, right? What did I do to myself? Especially, let's say you're very young and you get this done, and then you go into psychiatric help, you go to see a therapist and you go through therapy and you realize, oh my God, that was a, that was a gender dysphoria. I was dealing with a psychological disorder and now I'm better. However, my dick is gone. My breasts are gone. Right. And we're going to see more and more of that. Um, People just regretting what they've done. Now I'm sure you'll agree. If someone's an adult, they can do what they want. Right. Someone's an adult. They can do what they want with their with their body but the problem now exists they can do it that doesn't mean i support it no no but the problem now exists that we're doing this to children you see and that's where i think the law has to step in as it has of course only in republican-run states like ron DeSantis, who's it's illegal to do this under 18. it should be 130 percent illegal to do this for a doctor to perform this kind of a procedure on anyone under 18 years old. We have to protect our children, right, Jay? 
I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, they, they should be parents should be thrown in jail. I mean, violating a child's body autonomy that way is 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 horrendous. It's child abuse. It's well, it, it's you know, yeah. it's torture. I right. mean, it, it, the fact and, and you have to think about why. Why are these people so fixated on the sexual organs of a child in the first place? Well, there's a, I'll get to that in a second. Daniel is saying something that I think it is probably makes sense. The physicians should be barred from doing this to anyone, right? Because you're 18, 19, 20, and you want to have this done, it doesn't mean a physician should be allowed to do this to you, right? Maybe we should not allow physicians to mutilate people's bodies at any age. That makes perfect sense. But I think since this is all kind of very new, I think that politicians are focusing on children right now, right? They're focusing on protecting children from crazy doctors and psychiatrists and their crazy parents. I mean, we've seen cases where there are three-year-olds, two-year-olds, and their parents say, oh, my, da- my, my daughter's really a son. Now, these are crazy parents who we know may have always wanted a son. I mean, this is like really crazy, sick science fiction stuff, isn't I it, know. Jay? It, it is. really is. It is. That's why I think it's child abuse. Oh, it's 100% child abuse. So politicians right now are focused on preventing child abuse. I get it. But I think we may have to, moving forward in the future, look fo- look to making these kinds of procedures illegal. This is not like a face tuck, you know, a little Botox under the eye, <laughs> a facelift. You know, that's a wholly different thing. But this is stuff that is, is so deformed. Like I said, it deforms people. I mean, it, and- it, it, it radically radically changes your life of course of course yes right and the face and, and, and not not just on a, an appearance level but on a health level yes and, and that's why yeah no child should be subjected to these sur- should be allowed to do these surgeries no child because i mean children don't even know santa claus is, is real or sorry is fake you know like i mean oh they, of course they cannot course. make those decisions and, yes. and look, anybody who's been through puberty knows how much of hell puberty is. You think, you think an unnatural, uh, you know, an even more unbalance of hormones is going to make puberty any better? You know, like th- these, this idea of like, oh, we'll just put puberty block- blockers on, you know, and that'll be totally fine. Like th- this whole notion that like, it, it, it's literally, yeah, it's literally insane. It's literally a science fiction movie that people are trying, it seems like, the mainstream narrative is that, oh, what, what do you, nothing to see here. You know, these surgeries, there's nothing wrong with them. Mm-hmm. These, this hormone therapy, nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's, it's, it's scary. It's ridiculous. It reminds me of that movie, the, um, uh, the movie with uh, Jeremy Irons, Dead Ringers, the David Cronenberg movie, where those two identical brothers uh, to attach to each other, you know, physically, uh, psychologically, and they, they have those devices that totally mutilate their, 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 their gynecologists and they have yeah. those weird devices they've made, which totally mutilate the insides of women. It reminds me of that kind of a thing, like this crazy science fiction doctors who are doing these horrible things to people that you can't be reversed. And like I said, and you said, not only is it physical damage, it's mental damage, severe psychological damage that you can't, a lot of it, once it's done, you can't undo it. You can't go back. Right. 
So it's, no. it's, it's incredibly scary. It's incredibly scary. And I think it's, it, it's just a matter of time before I think our politicians catch up to a lot of this stuff. In blue states, we know it's all about virtue signaling. These people don't care about the livelihood of people. They don't care about the health and benefit of others. We know that. But at least, you know, governors like Ron DeSantis and governors in like North Dakota and South Dakota and so on and so forth are protecting the children. You know, That's you know much, really important. You know how much money the medical industry gets per per child reassignment surgery? Oh, yeah, of course. $1.2 million. Yeah. A pop. Yeah. yeah. So these doctors are doing it just for money, which is why it has to be stopped. They're mutilating people for profit, right? Well, They're it benefits, it benefits everything else, right? It benefits distraction. It benefits, you know, more, you know, health crises, you know, more, you know, uh, fighting. It's, I mean, it's, it's all part of the plan. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's scary stuff, Jay. And, but like I said, the us normal people need to really say no we're not getting caught into your re- alternate reality right we're not living in your alternate reality we're going to live in the real world and we're going to call it what it is well okay? I, have, I have hope you know because like i have family members right who are super you know they're they're old you know they're 60s and such and um they're really really they're really liberal right like they watch CNN every night, they're hook, line and sinker. They're super, super liberal and everything else. They've, you know, everything else of the agenda. They're just like, yep, sign me up, sign me up, sign me up. Right. But the one thing that they're actually like <laughs> where they draw the line is this whole transgender thing. And like, you know, because I think it's just so out there. And that's why I have I have, you know, at least some hope because it's like, I mean, and I, I think a lot of people, you know, that it's more of the younger people, the younger generations that are buying this more than, you know, this whole gender thing more than, you know, the older generations. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, I think that the older generations, obviously, I can't imagine being, you know, 75, 80 years old living in this world now. I mean, it's just, it's got to be so weird. It's got to be so surreal to live in this kind of a world, you know, um, when, it's just like everything up is down, right is left, left is right. It's just, it's, it's insane. It, it is insane. But they're being emboldened here. And yet, as much as they're being emboldened here, like I played that clip with that person, Jordan, they think that they're not getting enough in San Francisco. You know what's so funny? And they're not getting enough, enough love here, enough love here. You know what's so I, funny? I'm probably the only one doing a podcast in this city who, who doesn't in, embrace them. Sorry, Jay, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say, you know what's funny? It's like, it's such a hypocritical, funny thing is like all of these people are like uber feminists, right? But then, but then all these, they're supporting all these trans athletes that are men. That are I, breaking, you know, that, that whole thing. Sports records. That when you want to look, when you look up the word hypocrisy, Jay, in the dictionary, you'll see these people next to it as, as an example, because these are the people who for decades were screaming about women's rights, women's rights. Tight was what was it called? Title nine, whatever the fuck that is. Which and now, protected... and now, they're, now they're down with people appropriating womanhood. Yeah. Now they're down with a man having a dick hanging out, going to a woman's locker room. As long as they tell those women, oh, I, I'm trans. Don't worry about it. Did you ever think we'd live in that kind of a world? And their rights, their rights matter more. Than all the other women feeling uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. 
that's what I've said about the left when they have this thing where they have these these like they used to be called the feminazis, the ones who were really feminists, right? Who were pushing women's rights. They would Rush Limbaugh would call them feminazis. So it's like they'll have one group that is the woke virtue signaling group of the decade, right? Whatever it may be. And then another group will usurp that group and take it over, right? So now feminism is nothing. Now now you're now you you're not worth women aren't worth anything anymore. <laughs> now we're putting our focus into virtue signaling for the trans movement. Now, right. what's the next movement that's going to come around that's going to take over that movement and usurp that movement? And then we'll push the trans people to the side and say, well, you don't really fucking matter anymore. So it's the left is always coming up with another group that they can virtue signal about and, and kiss their asses and say, oh, this is the group that we need to protect now. This is the group that needs protection. That other group, oh, they don't need protection anymore. <laughs> it's absurd it's really absurd it's it's incredibly absurd and and yeah but i just you know when you were saying your points earlier i mean you're just right on the money and it just mirrors so my own so much of my own thoughts every single every single time i'm presented with this you know and i have my uh you know my godmother um she actually lives in san rafael um and she's like you know one of the only woke you know or i want i don't even want to say woke but only awake people you know like people that know the truth more conservative you know more conservative mind and just know the truth in, in you know her in her community because marin county is very uh you know liberal as well obviously um but she was just like she said something that i like really agree with and she's like it's just it's tiring because it, it's honestly so frustratingly stupid that it's like a waste of our time the fact that we're having to spend so much time and energy on this issue of like a man is a man, a woman is a woman. You can claim you're something else, but that doesn't mean you actually are. The fact that we're having to spend so much time to fight this issue is just like, so just annoying, you know? Yes, it is. It's incredibly annoying. But once again, the only way these people are going to go away is by simply, well, you can do a couple, we can do a couple of things. A friend of mine says they need to be ignored. I get it. I get it. I can't do that because I have a podcast. I'd have, I'd have nothing to talk about if I, yeah. if I ignore them. But that's true. There, there is some truth to that. Just everything they ask for, you ignore. You don't do. You just ignore it. And eventually, they're not going to get their way, and they're going to go away like a like a child, right? I've talked about that in the past. The child that doesn't get their way, they finally will stop crying and, and deal with it. Or is just basically to push back. But I don't know. Maybe my friend's right. Maybe these people enjoy. They seem to enjoy the confrontation. I think psychologically, hey, you got the degrees. They enjoy the confrontation. They get off on the confrontation. Oh, they of feed. course they do. They feed off of people like Jordan who say, fuck you, fuck you. They feed off of the confrontation. Of course they do. Well, it's not just that. It's back to what you said earlier about the fact that they – um they, they have no self-worth. They have no internal self-worth, right? And here's the thing, right? Right, when you have self-worth, when, when you have security in yourself, it doesn't matter what other people say about you or what other people think about you, right? Because, yeah, it might, you know, you might get your feelings hurt every once in a while, but there's assholes. There's always been assholes, right? I mean, people get made fun of for being short, for being tall, for being fat, for being skinny, right? But, the, you know, anything. But the point is, is like, if you're secure in yourself, 
it doesn't matter what other people think of you because look, I know who I am. I know who I am, right? I don't care what anyone else says about me or, or, you know, what I think is important in life because my values and my morals and, you know, where I get purpose, I'm confident in that because I'm secure in myself. But the, right. the, but that's the opposite. These people, these trans folk, these people that you're talking about that are, are trying to get all this attention and are attention whores, virtue signalers, they, they don't have any internal self-worth. Mm-hmm. So they are, are completely external. That's why they're constantly talking about themselves like, hey, do you know I'm trans? Hey, do you know I'm trans? <laughs> yeah. They, they, exactly. need, they need that feedback. Well, they I need was, that external feedback. I was in New York City last year and I was at a coffee shop and there was a guy in front of me, a, a, a male. He was a male, a young male. And he had a backpack on. And on the back of his backpack was this little bump, little sticker that said, my pronouns are. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. And this is exactly what you're talking about. It's all about them, right? It all has to be about them, what they are, and announcing to the world what they are. Look, uh, gay groups went through this period, right, for a while. They kind of stopped doing it. But maybe these people will eventually just get tired of doing that, right? And then just exist, just exist, right? But no, they have to call attention to themselves. Who not gives not a fuck? Why do you have to announce what your pronouns are? Why do I care? I'm not your friend. <laughs> not only do they have to call attention to it, Mike, they have to force everybody to, to you know, to, to change their worldview, to adopt their worldview. Mm-hmm. They have to force everybody to adopt their own personal worldview. It's not enough just to be able to exist, right? And that's that's the that's the sign of a narcissism, right? Is they there? It it doesn't just stop at them saying you have to adopt my worldview. They they call people. They 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 destroy people's lives. They do. I, I just heard today about this this father who like spoke at a school board conference. Uh, you know, about like, you know, hey, I don't want my ch- children exposed to this kind of stuff. And literally people harassed his work and like called his business, you know, his business and like harassed his entire business, mm-hmm. you know, um, for days and days and days until the, the boss had to like let him go. So he literally lost his job <laughs> because these people are- harassed him so much. And it- that's the thing is like, they're not in the right. They're not in the right because it's and, and that's why it's disingenuous, right? When they mm. say, "Oh, it's just about trans rights," we just don't want to be hated. It's like, dude, there's nobody, there's no mobs in the streets going and lynching trans people, okay? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not happening, okay? Oh yeah, that was something one of the one of the trans people said at a recent uh, board of supervisors meeting here that they're this whole thing about like they're being lynched or something. It was some ridiculous thing, you know? That oh oh oh, oh trans genocide. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a, tra- a transgenocide in their heads, I guess. It's ridiculous, and 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 I mean, here's the thing: it's like this is the truth, and this is the truth they don't want to fucking face. If they could just open their ears for two fucking seconds, they'd realize this. Guess what? Ninety nine percent of people don't give a single fuck about the fact that you're tra- like they don't give a fuck. And when I say they don't give a fuck, they don't care enough. To even be hateful towards you. They they literally don't give a shit. I know. You know, it's like and that's where I'm at. Is like I don't care whether you're gay, straight, bi, whatever. You have sex with whoever you want, as long as it's consensual. You can, you know, call yourself whatever you want. 
Right. I don't care. I don't. I, I genuinely don't care. I don't I, hate them as humans. I hate their ideology, right? Exactly. And I hate what they're trying to push on everyone else, and what they're doing to children is incredibly hateful, right? That's all hateful stuff, and we're seeing this from the pedophile. I used to not agree. Uh, Vlad, by the way, I'll get to you in a second. Um, but I used to not agree with the whole idea of Hollywood pedophilia, but I'm I'm starting to agree with it more now. Because we're seeing all these Hollywood types putting out videos saying how much they're supporting the uh, drag queens. And when they say that, um, I'm sure they realize what they're saying, I would hope, that there's no attack on drag queens. There's attack on little children watching drag queen shows. So if you think a little child should be watching a sexually provocative drag queen show, you are a pedophile. You are a groomer. So I'm starting to believe that these people at heart are groomers and pedos. In they are. Yes. I mean, that's what I said earlier. Is like, why are they so obsessed, fixated on these children who haven't even begun puberty? Why are they fixated on what their sexual organs need to look like? Right? Like, like you said, let's say you have a five-year-old son who's like super feminine or, you know, wears a dress, likes dolls, whatever. Why, why is it, why do you have to fixate on their sexual organs and say, I need to make that five-year-old. I need to cut that five-year-old's penis off right now. You know, uh, instead it's... of just let them let them go to maturity till they're eighteen. Let them decide for themselves. Right, right. Because it's yeah, the parents. It's in parents imposing what they want on children. Okay, it's parents imposing their own psychological issues onto their child. Now I know you're a psychologist. This is not a rare thing. <laughs> parents have been doing this. This is hey. This is what drives people into therapy, you know, uh, you know, parents, right? They're always talking Absolutely. about their mother or their father. <laughs> so poor parents. But um, this is a problem. And this is what we saw during COVID, Jay. We saw adults imposing their neuroses on children. We want children to not go to school so we don't get COVID. We want children to wear masks to protect us. They are disease vectors. They, can't, they can't socialize. Right. It was adults imposing their own neuroses, their they, own they disorder on children. They can't even go outside. Right. We, we saw Robert, that. You know, you know Lake Tahoe, right? Yes. The most pure air there is, right? I went on a hike during Lake Tahoe. Like, literally... There's nobody there, right? You're walking for a mile. There's nobody. And then I pass somebody the first time after like an hour and they're wearing fucking masks. I know. And I'm yeah. like, oh. I know. Well, I'm still, you know, we still see it here. I still see people wearing masks outside. I still see people. The thing that has always driven me the crazy are people who are driving a car alone, not Uber or Lyft drivers, just driving a car alone. Or with their husband or wife wearing masks. That drove me crazy. Absolutely crazy. Do they think the gas fumes are going to give them... I mean, it's what was done to us. We've talked about this a million times. Don't got to go into it again right now. But what they did to people during COVID was criminal. They have totally screwed them up. Oh, and, and yeah. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I mean, they drew, they drove people to poverty. They drove people to suicide rates that have never been seen. They drove people to, yeah, you know, losing their jobs, losing their families. I mean, awful things, you know, yeah. and I, I was reading, I, I read a funny meme the other day that was like, you know, the Biden administration keeps saying they're making jobs. They're not making jobs. 
the jobs are just coming back that you took away. Of for course. No yeah. Yeah. It's like, like I've said, I've, I've used a kind of an extreme analogy, but it's like if someone, you know, kills three million people, right? <laughs> and then they create two million lives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a life creator. Look at me. I'm a life creator. It's ridiculous. No, it's they all cost control. all these it's all, jobs. It's all about control. And you yeah. Know, yeah. This, the, the next way they're going to do it is the climate agenda. You know, they're banning gas stoves. You know, they're going to put limits on. No, but Jay, didn't you hear that was a conspiracy theory that they were going to bask in? Don't you remember? Didn't Chuck Schumer put out a a tweet and AOL put out a little one of a little kitschy little child videos where she said it was a conspiracy theory? (laughs) Isn't it funny how all of their solutions for the climate are just things that restrict our lives more? Right. They're going to do lockdown days. Right. Like. Oh, this day nobody can drive, you know, because, you know, we're going to put meters on your, you know, on your car to, you mm-hmm. know, make, you know, we're going to fine you if you use too much gas. We're going to fine you if you use too much energy in your house. If you well, remember, a- you're too, how old are you, Jay? You sound young. I'm 24. Yeah, you're young. Um, you don't remember. I do barely. I was a kid when they had the uh, crisis in the, what was it, 70s with gas, where there was a gas shortage. And they would, what they would do is. Uh, they had e- e- odd and even number license plates. I, I distinctly remember this going to get gas, my mother driving and it was on a, you know, whether an odd or an even day. So basically, you know, if your license plate ended in odd number, you go on the odd days, even number. Even they did day. that for smog. No, no. For, there was a gas shortage. It was during oh, ca- for the, the gas shortage. Yeah. I think it was during the Carter administration. There was some problem with, you don't remember exactly what it was, but there was a gas shortage. There wasn't enough gas. So people had to go on different days. And I remember the lines would be like 60 cars long to get gas. Well, you know, and, I think- and people would be selling like pizza <laughs> on the lines <laughs> so people could eat while they're waiting for gas. So, um, yeah, so that's basically something they've done before. And now they're more likely to do that kind of thing than ever, right? Where they're already telling us here in California, oh, make sure you put your thermostat at 80. Who the fuck on a hot day is going to set their thermostat at 80? Then you have that moron hair gel king of California going on TV and saying, oh, I put it on 80 and my house was nice and cool. He's so full of shit. He's not putting his thermostat at 80. Do you think the guy that went out to eat? At at the uh, French Laundry, when he was telling everyone else they couldn't go out to eat, is going to put his thermostat at 80. But more and more regulations, because they saw during COVID, at least the Democrat governors did, that they can do it, right? They can say, you must do this, and the people will do this. And they'll, they'll continue to get away with that until the people don't do this. They're going to continue to get away with that shit. But that's why I have faith. I do have faith. I do have hope because I think more people are awake than ever. I think more people are, you know, no, you know, do not, do not believe the government is their friend or, you know, are not down with these restrictions to their lives. And that's the hope I have is that, you know, yeah, we're like you said, we're, you know, this is the time when we're going to have to stand our ground. We're going to have to hold our ground and, and, decide where we draw the line. And, you know, I think, you know, we're drawing the line at a lot of fucking, a lot of issues right now. Yeah. And just got to hope that, just got to hope that reason and logic and, you know, 
what's truly best for us, you know, is going to win, is going to prevail. Exactly. Jay, you're a normal person. Thanks for calling. It's always good to, <laughs> it's always good to hear a normie. I appreciate the fact. Especially in your generation. Most, you know, most people in your generation are crazy. Oh, totally. <laughs> I, I really appreciate the fact that uh, you have such a normal and, and just very sophisticated and, and very intelligent perspective that you're Ooh. putting out to the mainstream. Ooh, sophisticated. I've never been called it, sophisticated. Oh, you're very, you're very good with the way you talk. But, um, oh, thanks, Jay. And the way I you express yourself. But you just uh, – you give, you give normal people like me, you know, hope that there's actually a, a voice of normal people out there, you know? Make yeah. us think like, oh, we're not alone completely, you know. <laughs> I know. And I feel the same about you. Jay, thanks for the call. Yeah. Don't don't, don't be such a stranger. Don't be such a stranger. Yeah, I'm going to get back on this app. Take care. Okay, good. Thanks, Jay. All right. Okay, who's up next? Hey. How are you doing, Mike? All right. What, are you, what are you and good. Greg going back good and forth on? What are you screaming about with him? The problem that I personally have with Greg is, is, is that he supports Nazism in, in the Ukraine war and he doesn't want to recognize it. I know. Greg so, is a big yeah. Ukraine supporter, right? Exactly. Yes. Obviously with, with his symbol and everything and, yeah, and the know. shows that he has, but they're very unintellectual shows. I've told him time after time he needs to, to do better work. He does very extremely mediocre work, which means he doesn't even try to look for the right information. He well, just wants people to to be on his side, and that's yeah. pretty sick. Yeah, if Very you've got to, if you've got uh, Putin derangement syndrome or Trump derangement syndrome, you don't care about facts. Exactly, because you know. Exactly, he just should continue in his leftism. He tries to call people on his leftism, but little does he know that he practices the same stuff. He's a hypocrite and a liar. And that's my beef with him that, uh, uh, you know, get your get your facts straight on that. You know, he's no different than people that are transgender. They live a lie. He, Greg Slam Duncan lives a lie no different than the effeminates called the transgender community. Yes, that's so sad. We're living in a time where people more than ever that need the truth reject the truth. They well, reject know, the truth. Vlad Go ahead. We're not hearing much lately about the Ukraine war on, on the news media. And you know what that means? They're losing. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. what it means. They're losing. Yeah. Eventually, we'll just hear, like, they lost. That's it. They tried. They, they lost. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. We knew they were never going to win this thing. This thing is a total just a money cash grab for Zelensky. That's all it is. A power exactly. grab. Exactly. I mean, I mean, the United States gets to pull his, his strings and, and that puppet does whatever Big Daddy Biden, Big Daddy USA tells him. And, and you know that story. It's done it over and over with many countries. I mean, our, our country is really filthy. If there were to be a true change, it would be the toppling of, of, of many people in power in our government, a different level of government, including courts and, and, uh, and Congress, you know. And, and it's sad that we've reached this point because uh, precisely our, our founding fathers made the Second Amendment for a reason. The, these governments should have been toppled down a long, long, long time ago. It's a oh, sad absolutely. story. There's no doubt about it's a, it. It's a, it's a sad story. And, and uh, you know, people are deluded and, and they love to live in their delusional little bubble to burst. Yeah. And, and the thing is, these people keep on... You know, rejecting the truth, the real truth. They live in their subjective, quote unquote, truth, which is really a lie. Mm -hmm. And and they don't like it when people speak to them and challenge them on their bullshit. Right. 
Uh, earlier today, I, I, I saw it. Uh, you know, our friend William was kind of got into it in, in, in Derek's room, and, and I don't know. He, he went at it, and he just stormed out. It was kind of sad. There's people that, unfortunately, you know, the, the, like I t like William knows that you know you have a lot to share, and I love that that you share the truth about life or the truth about the vaccine, about corruption. But there's just some people that will just get in your way. You have to, you have to, you know, move on. You don't can't let them get get to you because you have a lot to share, you know. Yeah. But there was just some people there that were not in favor of him that that are his detractors, his critic, mm -hmm. and and are not open to to the facts of the vaccine. Uh, not only the mandates, the authoritarianism from our governments, from our state governors and stuff, but also the damage that comes from the vaccine. Yeah, I, and, I know. I know a woman. I know a woman, a friend of mine, yeah. who's uh, in her late sixties, early seventies, and she just got. You know, she's got them all. She's got everything, all the vaccines, all the boosters. <laughs> and after three years, she gets COVID for the first time. All the vaccines and all the boosters. And she still ends up getting COVID, you know. And and it's amazing how people are still. And she was kind of surprised. You know, she put up a posting. She goes, I got all the vaccines. I got all the boosters. And what are you going to do? I got COVID. But people seem to be surprised that they're getting COVID, even though they have all the boosters and the vaccines. When we know, when we've known for years now that the vaccine doesn't prevent you from getting it. So and, and I don't know why people this, are so shocked. I don't know. Still to, to this day, still all the, the people that live in fear that are wearing their, that are wearing their, what you call it? The mask and all that. That's so yeah. sad, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very sad. And it's it's people have been psychologically damaged by this thing, by these yeah. mandates, by the politicians, by 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 fraudulent doctors like Fauci. They have been ruined. I don't know if they're ever going to get better. They they may be ruined for life. These people, and it's it's, it's well, a shame. It's a shame. Well, not 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 only that. I mean, not only did they ruin people's lives, but the thing the thing is, even the very blood banks. Are not going to rely on on anybody that's back. I'm telling you, I said it before this week. I've said it previously to this week. What did I say? I'm sorry. Um, unvaxxed sperm, like untainted <laughs> vaccine blood, is the next Bitcoin. Yeah, it could be. It could I, be. I, I'm hoping to bank on it. Really. Yeah. If if you don't get me with my blood, where at least get me with my cum, right? How much do you but, want? But, How much do you want per per per, per donation? Give me, give me, give me at least a thousand bucks each time. <laughs> I, 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 I draw blood or I shoot my my shot. You know, give me a thousand dollars. I don't ask for a lot. I'm a cheap date. You know, you can make a thousand dollars per per load. You can make a lot of fucking yeah. money. Black. Exactly. If if you, if you if you get me for at least a pint of blood, uh, let me charge a grand. You know, let me at least let me bring in at least between my shot, my 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 two tops of shot, the one that you put on my vein and the one that I stroke. Well, let me make some damn money for crying I out loud. I you know? remember the remember the movie Waterworld. What is this going to be? Semen World. Semen World. Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm I'm like I'm ready to bank on that. I'll be there every two weeks as needed. You know. Oh, Shit, you I'll, gave I'll, me a good I'll, laugh. 
A good laugh. I need a good yeah. laugh every once in a while. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but I'm telling you, I, w- I was looking at that. There was this lady fighting uh, for the unvaxxed. That she was, she literally, and I, I took a picture of it from TikTok, and I started a show, and and I and I told people, you know what? You have to consider the many cards that are they're going to be put in your table. Some yeah. you take, some you don't. The truth is, many people took this shot. And now the American Red Cross, like like the like also many hospitals are gonna be in dire need. Now blood more than ever before, all sorts of blood that are not tainted, that are un- from the unvaxxed like us, guess what? They're gonna need it. I'm They're gonna not have to play, I'm gonna play the devil's advocate only in this. Uh-huh. How do you know? They can't test for that in blood or semen, can they? Yeah. They can? Yeah, 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 of course. Of course, un, un, um, vaccinated blood comes out very dark. Uh, it doesn't have the rich red color. The hemoglobins are touching and, and don't know when it's changing. It has all the spike protein and stuff, you know? You don't know. So th- sooner than later, they're going to they're gonna come down to, th- I'm telling you, it might take the remainder of the year, but it won't be strange. When, not if, but when you hear this, uh, Mike, when you hear this, I promise you, well, I'll tell you, you right now. I'll you, tell you, you right now what's happening already. Yes. What's happening? What's happening already is that there are mothers who can't breastfeed. You know, there are there are breast milk banks out there where you can buy breast milk for children, and there are people who are advertising, "I want unvaccinated breast milk only." Exactly. Okay, there are people who want unvaccinated breast milk for their children only. I don't blame them. I, I would want the same. Well, well, so what about the, these the girls? Mike, what about these girls that were in Italy? Beautiful young girls coming out of college. They had a big old sign. We're looking for unvaxxed dick. You know, they said it straight <laughs> out. We're looking for unvaxxed dick. These were beautiful young oh, American women that were looking for men that unvaxxed. The demand is out there. The demand is out there. It's only about putting everything, being at the right place at the right time. Uh, uncircumcised and unvaxxed. <laughs> uh, exactly, right there, you know? I, oh, my they, God. They, 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 they want guys that didn't go through that. They're wholesome and pure in their blood. And, and, and you know, and down there where it counts for when it comes for proliferation, yeah. you know, the life juice, they want it to be pure as well. Oh, that's, uh, that's too you much. Know? But you know what? This could be a lot closer to reality than science fiction. Exactly. I agree. I agree. The question is, the question, am I going to be able to get rich off this thing? Bringing oh, in extra question. money, just putting it on the side, you know? That is the question that, that really matters. Can we get rich off this? Yeah. You know? I'll, I'll, I'm, I'll, I, I promise you, I'll, I'll eat more iron-based food if I have to. Uh, more meats and more capsules. I just want to make sure my blood is going. I'm going to race you to the sperm bank, Vlad. I'm going to race you to the sperm <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I'm going to have to go to confessional weekly to say, you know what? I'm sorry, Father. You know, I I was looking at too much porn to, to do Yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> I, I, need, I needed to make that money, Father. I'm sorry. I needed to make I know. some fish. I gotta, it's called surviving, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Vlad, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to wrap this show up. Thank all you. right, you got it, man. Thanks Love talking to you, bro. All right. Okay. All right. As I wrap this show up, I do want to say that tomorrow I'm going to talk about a little bit Yesterday, I had uh, spoken about Trump on CNN, right? And I had said that it was suspicious to me that this CNN audience was so pro-Trump. I'd expect it only in a Fox News audience, right? 
And I'm thinking, why is the CNN audience so pro-Trump? Why is he cheering her on and booing, cheering him on and booing the woman moderator? And I thought, well, look, I believe this is all a setup. What CNN wants to do, first of all, Trump is ratings. That's top of the, follow the money. But they want Trump to get boosted within his base, within the Republican primary. He wants his base, they want his base really excited about him. Because they want him to be the nominee because they know that stuff that he does, like where he calls a woman moderator nasty, that plays well to his base. That plays well to his base. It doesn't play well to independents come a general election. CNN knows this. So one, Trump makes them money ratings, right? Two, they want to promote him within the Republican primary. So he wins the primary because they believe he has the best chance of losing to Joe Biden. So Yesterday on Twitter, someone said the exact same thing. They said that we're all being played. CNN is doing this. It is all planned. All of the outrage is planned and so on and so forth. The, 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 uh, the audience was set up all to promote Trump within his base. And this is going to be something. And I talked about this with polls that Ron DeSantis is going to have to deal with. Right. Basically, the entire media being on Trump's side through the primary to try to get him to the general election. That's something that DeSantis, I hope, is ready for. But what's really funny is, and once again, you don't know if this is set up or not, because you can't believe anything you see on CNN or MSNBC or anything else that's run by the left. But it's Anderson Cooper was on today and he was saying, oh, my God, I can't believe what my network did. I can't believe they put on. And he would not say Trump's name. He called him that person. That person. He, it's, <laughs> it's so bad. The Trump derangement syndrome is so bad that he doesn't even say his name. OK, he says, if you don't want to watch my network anymore, I don't blame you because we put on that person. So. Once again, this is either all a setup or Anderson Cooper is just totally out of his mind with Trump derangement syndrome. Both could be true at the same time. We'll talk more about all of this and other things tomorrow. And I'll have hopefully um, a, a NASCAR update for those of you into NASCAR. There's a big race on Sunday. I'm going to have my uh, NASCAR uh, representative come on and talk about NASCAR um, person. Uh Come on and talk about that. And also, we'll have a review of the film BlackBerry about the rise and fall of the BlackBerry phone. You remember the BlackBerry phone. I think people called it the Crackberry. I think uh, even Obama was uh, obsessed with the Crackberry. I'll have a review of, uh, of, of, of that movie. Okay. And Jacob, the NASCAR guy, will hopefully be on also. It'll be a big end of the week Friday show. I'm going to remind everybody, the name of the show is And Let's Be heard and it airs weeknights 11 p.m pacific 2 a.m time which means i will see you here again tomorrow night but until then this is mike achopoli reminding you that your influence counts use it <laughs>